Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. This week's episode is brought to you by Nook. For over 50 years, Nook has used the latest medical science to develop products that have helped over 50 million children and of course their parents. The invention of the original Nook Teat inspired by Mother Nature to today's vast range of baby care products, each designed to make life that little bit easier for parents and children, means that Nook is a household name and a recent poll revealed they're still there to be the most popular in Ireland. Nook products are constantly designed and developed with input from medical professionals, midwives and most importantly, the people who know more than anyone else about what a baby bottle needs to offer, mothers. With great products for learning to eat, a range of soothers for breastfed and bottle-fed babies and household and care products. Nook has product solutions that make life easier for parents and children. So Nook products are available in Macaulay Pharmacy, McCabe's Pharmacy, Lloyd Pharmacy and selected done stores and pharmacies nationwide. I will link their website and also their uh, Instagram handle on the show notes. Later on today, I'll be sharing a pretty significant giveaway that Nook are offering our listeners. So keep an eye over on the Instagram page and make sure to enter. As I said, it's pretty significant and it's for you and a friend. In this week's episode, I chat to Nessa, who talks me through her one pregnancy and the birth of her little boy, Luke. So at the time of our conversation, Nessa was still living in Australia, where she lived for nine years and gave birth to her little boy. She has since moved home to Ireland, and I will make sure to tag her in the show notes because she does offer services to those expecting. She's a hypnobirthing instructor as well as a wellness coach and a few other things as well. So she planned to give birth at home. That was what she wanted. That was her preference. She had a doula and she also was in the care of midwives. So that was the route they were going down. So this changed because her little boy was breech. So at 38 weeks, she had an ECV that was unsuccessful. So the decision was made that she would give birth in hospital. After some work, Nessa was at peace with this. After 17 or 18 hours of labour in the hospital, the decision was then made that Nessa would have to give birth via C-section. So again, Nessa had to surrender to this decision. She shares so much of her journey in this episode. She strips right back and brings us through every emotion. And she's so honest. She's so, so honest. So I really appreciate it. And I know 
Nessa's messages within this this episode will resonate with a lot of you. So enjoy and I will chat to you next week. So Nessa, you are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. Delighted to have you on. Thank you. After a few tries, we're finally having a, uh, our chat. I know, I know. So you're it's, based it's, in Australia at the moment, which is cool. Thank yes. you. Very thankful for Zoom. Well, I know it's great, isn't it? And to see each other and connect. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm in Sydney. I'm here for um, nine years now. I'm my I'm with my partner, Morris, and he's from Wexford and I'm from Tipperary. And we have a son of 18 months called Luke. So we just drive straight into your pregnancy. Do you want to tell us was your pregnancy planned and how were the first few weeks? Yeah, so my pregnancy was planned. Um, we started trying after um, we got back from Africa. We decided that we we had a chat there and decided that we were going to try for a baby. Um, we were very blessed. Um, I got pregnant first go, um, which we were very, very, very lucky. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of really funny because I remember doing the test and I heard Morris coming in downstairs in the garage, but I just did the test really quick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, it's it's blue, like it's positive. I'm like, oh, God. And I was kind of flashing it in the air to him when he walked in the door. And he was like, what? But I took the test again and it was negative. Oh, so we packed up the car and like ran down to the shop and got more tests and they were still negative. So the next morning I did it again and I was positive. So we knew then and that it was um it was a positive test which was really really um amazing yeah we were really lucky um so from there then we actually had a trip booked back for um for my brother's wedding in Ireland so we decided to tell nobody until we got back to Ireland oh nice idea um oh it was lovely yeah um so we were collected in the airport and we both told our family separately because he was going to Wexford and I was going to Tipperary um so we were sitting outside um I think it's Ovoca that gorgeous oh, yeah. cafe down in seven and they were closed and I was like crap how am I going to hold this in I was so excited so my sister and my mom were sitting in the front of the car and um mom said so any news and I just handed her the scan into the front of the car and she kind of looked at me and was like what is this and I said look at the name on it and she said it says Nessa and I was like yeah <laughs> and she just started roaring crying and my sister was crying and it was yeah it was really really special so we made our way down to tip and told the rest of my family and that was um really really special um so for me the the pregnancy honestly was great I had a great pregnancy up to the 12 week scan everything was wonderful I didn't really have morning sickness I didn't have any um cravings or yeah it was just very yeah it was good it was really, really good. Um, and yeah, it was just fabulous. So we flew back at kind of the 13 week, 12 week mark um, back to Sydney. And then I just really started getting into how I wanted this to go for me. So I was researching um, hypnobirthing and I got myself a doula and um, didn't really. I didn't really tell anyone I was pregnant for quite a while because I just wanted to keep it to myself and kind of just, I don't know what it was. I feel like when I over, when I watched my friends telling people, everyone kind of loaded their stories on you. Um, so I was just like, I'm just going to do this my own way. So yeah, I just, I didn't read books. I didn't download apps. I didn't really do anything like that. I kind of just 
sat into my body more. I did a lot of yoga. Um, I did vinyasa up to vinyasa yoga up to basically when I get birth. I actually did it the morning I, my water is broke. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was I was very active the whole way through it. Um, um, yeah, so my doula was amazing. I actually contacted one of the doula colleges here in Sydney and I got a trainee. Um, she was from South Africa. Mandy was her name. She was beautiful. Um, she had done four births in South Africa, but she was training to get her papers here in Sydney. Um, and she was amazing, very supportive, very holistic. She had a holistic background like myself. Um, so she was, she just got me and she got us and Morris loved her and trusted her. Um, so at our 12 week appointment, um, I went into the hospital. Um, I went private here in Australia, even though I had, um, sorry, I went public here, even though I had private health insurance. I just, there's such great public system here. Yeah, there's, it's um, fantastic, the service over there. So what does that look like? Just for, obviously, we've listened to other podcasts that um, yeah. we get an insight into the maternity care in the hospitals. But what does that look like for you? What what type of care then would you get in the public system over there? So uh, you have um, an option of doing sh- uh, GP shared care, which is half-half. Um, but in that, then you don't have a consistent midwife. You could get anybody um, or you can do um, a private midwife, obviously, to do a home birth. Or you can do what I did was the midwifery program. So you're assigned five midwives. One will be your main midwife and the rest. Then you will basically meet those midwives. Uh, but you could get any of them. You'd be lucky to get your main midwife at your birth. So I was very, very lucky. Um, the minute I peed in the stick that morning or that evening with Morris, I rang the hospital <laughs> to get on the midwifery program because I know how hard it is to get on it. Um, but I was really, really lucky um, to get on it. So that was super. And I knew that before I left for Ireland. So I was, I just felt calmer. Um, so I had just the most amazing five women. And I think um, whoever was looking after me up above got me the holistic group. I was in the lavender group and these these girls were one girl. My head lady was actually a doula as well. And she trains with um, she works with Sheberts, which is another program they run here in Sydney. It's amazing. Um, Nadine Richardson runs it and she works for her. So. Yeah, I had um, my beautiful midwife and she said, so what's your plan, Nessa? And I just said, well, um, I don't know. Just I, I all I know is I want to I want to do it in my own way. I absolutely trust my body. I just cannot wait to birth. I cannot wait to feel my body birth. And she was like, OK, so home birth then. And I said, oh, I didn't even think of a home birth. OK, like I didn't think of it. And I was like yes, let's do it. She was like, great, amazing. You're the perfect candidate. You know, you've got a strong mind. You're not fearful. You know, you have no issues with the body or, you know, structurally or, you know, she was really, really up for me for doing it. So yeah, we started planning a home birth and we ordered everything for the house. And yeah, basically they supply the pool. Um, they have an ambulance on call. You get two midwives. You are, you are assigned an obstetrician um, that signs you off at 36 weeks to make sure everything is fine. Um, so yeah, the, the, the birth or the pregnancy progressed. I just did a lot of osteo. I was having my pelvis corrected regularly because I had a hip injury before we went to Africa to climb Kilimanjaro. So I was taking care of that and they were watching my structure. Um, 
and I did a lot of acupuncture. So are they with the home birth um, scheme over there? Are they pro home birth? Like, are they really encouraging oh, yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot yes, of the up yeah. actually, considering COVID. Because I know over here it's, uh, yes, it's increasing, yeah. which is great. Actually, home births are quite they're very popular here. They're very popular, but there's just it's a huge like Sydney's massive, like with yeah. God knows how many million here. So you mean you'd never hear every story. It's it's too big. But home birth is, yeah, it's quite popular. But I was just for me, it was birthing at home was just the calmness, the stillness, yeah. the the non-interference, the bright lights. Like I always just think of a cat or a cow birthing, and we we never interrupt them you know, we let they go away to birth. And I kind of feel that way about us as animals as well. We need that space, that quietness, that stillness. And that's what I envisioned. I envisioned me just being with Morris and my doula and just, yeah, my tracks in the background and just, yeah, that's, and I just loved the idea of it. And I said, yes, let's go for it. I didn't even think about it. So, um, so that was the plan and everything was amazing and going great. And I was, I worked up to, I worked up to 39 weeks. I just felt great and it was just buzzing. But at 36 weeks, I went in for my checkup to be signed off by my obstetrician. And, um, he said, Nessa, I think I'll do an ultrasound. I just something I, I can't feel. I'm not sure. And I was like, oh God. Okay. Um, so and my I knew it was a boy by the way I was having a boy I found out it was a boy um and he said Nessa he's breech and I just took a deep breath and I was like okay uh what does that mean because I've heard about breech I had read about breech I'd done my hypnobirthing at 18 weeks pregnant so I had done a lot of work around hypnobirthing I was listening to tracks from 18 weeks and I had just read um, Ina Mae Gaskin's book and I had read um, The Continuum Concept. They were the only two um, books that I read about kind of natural tribal, um, how tribes raised families and children and kind of that attachment parenting and all of that kind of thing. So I loved that concept. Um, so at 36 weeks, he went breach and yeah, it was a real shock. I was and my breath was taken away in that room. I was just like, I, I knew what this could mean that the home birth was gone and I was like wow do you remember at any time feeling him make that change no okay never the only time and I you know I laugh about this now is I forgot I was pregnant and put a pizza tray to my tummy and burnt it you know when you take it out of the oven and I forgot that my tummy was so big and put the tray and I was like I wonder it's because I frightened him and I burnt him But I mean, I don't know. I mean, it mightn't have been that. But no, I didn't feel any big surge of a move like some people talk about. No, nothing. And I think because I was quite active, like walking and and doing a lot of yoga still, um, that he could have turned while I was in a lot of positions and not really felt it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So that happened. And he said, "Okay, Nessa, we you need to come back next week um and let's see maybe he'll have turned and I said okay so I went home and I discussed it with my doula and with Morris and we were called back in for a meeting um and he basically said you need to do everything you can to turn him so I did everything like spinning babies moxibustion acupuncture once a week I saw an osteo, I had the Webster technique done with gyro, like you name it. I was basically on the ball 
doing like inversions, everything that, you know, people mentioned on your podcast previously, I was doing all those things and there was no goal. So we went back in at, I think it was around 38 weeks and he had a conversation and he said, look, Nessa, um, if he doesn't turn, then the home birth is off the cards. And yeah, I was just like, oh, wow. And he said, the last thing we can do is do an ECV. So I, you know, I researched ECV. I went on evidence-based birth. I was just like reading everything I could. My doula was sending me like research and my um, hypnobirthing coach was saying, Nessa, read this, sending me everything and anything. And did, how did you keep yourself calm? Because you have to, I know in those situations, you also have to consider yeah. the baby yeah. that you don't want to, you know, yeah. them to feel. So like. for me, when I left that meeting, he said, Nessa, I, I have someone else to see for half an hour. So he was like, go downstairs, think about everything I've said and come back upstairs and we'll have a chat again. So when I sat down in the cafeteria with my doula and Morris after the attempted ECV and it didn't work, before that point, I was really calm because I just was like, I'm just going to go with the flow. Like, what can I do? I, I, I mean, I, 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 I put a lot of faith in this obstetrician. He's actually called the baby whisperer here in Australia. Um, his name is Dr. Bissett and he is the most beautiful man. Um, he was on the documentary Birth Time okay. that hasn't reached Ireland yet, but it's absolutely amazing. And I'm really hoping it comes to Ireland. It's in the UK at the minute. It's just been released. And I went to the premiere here in Australia. Um, oh, my God. Is that amazing? Did you have loads of loads of other women who are obsessed with? Well, there were oh! 400 oh! and we were all wailing inside <laughs> in the, the, the Ritz Cinema in, in Randwick here in Australia. But yeah, if, if any of you are any women here that have had a, a traumatic birth, this is um, the most amazing documentary. It is very unearthing because it talks a lot about abuse physical abuse, mental abuse um, in in hospital settings for women, even about the Aboriginal culture as well here. So it's really powerful about that too. So he was on that. So he's very, very much advocating for women and natural births. Like he's one in a million. Like he's this, this, I don't know how to describe him. I would describe him as this angelic person. He really, really is so softly spoken and so beautiful. And he said to me, Nessa, this baby isn't going to turn. He said his bottom is so far down. So he was a French, a Frank breech birth. So his head and legs were up. So he was in a hue. So he was quite a difficult position. He wasn't transverse or, um, yeah, he was, he was in a difficult breech position. So he attempted it. And I remember lying on the bed while he was doing it. And I, I actually wasn't frightened um, I trusted him because I've seen videos of him on YouTube turning babies and literally he just glides them. Yeah, like, it's amazing to watch. Oh, it's amazing. But him in particular, he's known all over Australia supporting women with breech birth. So I had the best in the business. Like I was very lucky to get him. Um, and he was, yeah, so basically doctors all over Australia call him for advice around breech. Okay. And I happened to get him. Um, so I was, yeah, I was very, very lucky, as I said. So as I was lying there, I was holding this big, huge crystal that was gifted to me for Luke and um, for his for his um, conception, my lady back in Ireland that I trained with in Feathers and Tipperary gave it to me. And I was holding it on the bed and I could feel it wasn't happening. 
I knew because I had read about what it feels like and I could tell he couldn't get his finger under his bum to get him up and out of the pelvis to, okay. to turn him. And he said, Ness, I'm sorry. And I just went, okay. And he said, I, I'm, I, I'm really sorry. And I said, it's okay. And he said, I have to go now, but I'm going to bring the midwife into you. And I then wailed, cried really hard because I knew then that it wasn't going to happen. Um, we left the hospital and I went home with Morris and I just said, look, I need some time to myself. And he was like, yeah, of course. So I went to a local big, beautiful park here in Sydney called Centennial Park. And I walked for two hours, just round and round and round. And then I eventually sat down and I was like, I, I meditate quite a lot um, because that's part of my job. And I was just sitting there by the lake and I just was like to my grandmother, just tell me why, like, what is this about? Like everything has gone so well. And now this big hurdle. And the message that came through to me was that like Nessa, this is Luke's, he's now called Luke, my son. Um, but this is your baby's way of coming to the earth and you have no control. It's his choice to come breach cesarean, whatever it may be. Um, and you just need to surrender. And I just felt like it was my first parenting lesson from the womb. Mm -hmm. That's the way I felt. I just felt like, Nessa, it's not your decision to how he comes here. Um, so there was a big grieving, a big grieving. And I just wailed that day. I was just so upset at my body even. But it kind of passed when I had that feeling about it was more, it was, it was more than about me it wasn't just about me it was about my son coming here and that surrendering to that is huge yeah. e even if oh, it it's painful yeah yeah it was painful it was I'm not going to lie but I know that that's the truth mm. yeah it's the truth of it so I'm just going to be as honest as I can with the whole lot of what I tell you here because I know that some women will feel the same um so that happened I came home Mars and I sat down and yeah, there was a weight lifted off my shoulders because I was honest. That's kind of the way I felt that I got that message and I just felt clearer about it. So from there, we worked on, I just let go about turning him. I stopped moxibustion. Yeah. I stopped everything. I just was like, okay, Luke, it's up to you now how you want this to go. Mm. Yeah. And I just let go. I mean, I'm sure subconsciously, and within my body somewhere, there was pain, there was grief. But I I put that to the side um, because I had to get on with it and, and stay strong. So, yeah, that's kind of how that went. So from then and there, we let go of the birth at home and we started planning um, our birth for a hospital. So we switched everything to bringing everything into the hospital, hypnobirthing wise. Um, and I trained with Hypnobirthing Australia here. Um, so I had all my tracks listened to, I had all my candles and the usual stuff. So we, that, that was kind of our plan. And is this where um, you found doula support really came into its own to have your doula to chat to and to help you prepare for the hospital? Um, I, yes, she was, she was very, very helpful. But for me personally, I, I'm, I don't know what way I describe myself, but I, I just do things my way yeah. and I was very conscious of of including her but I also was doing things on my own I kind of was honestly I got a doula to support my partner okay 
Yeah, that's a yeah, really good that's point. The yeah. I, yeah, I I actually did because I felt that Morris with the hip he trained with hypnobirthing obviously with me as well as a couple. Um, but I wanted him to have support so he was part of the process and enjoyed it. That he wasn't just left to kind of go into panic mode or stress, that he would have some someone to bounce off and someone to mediate the medical system. And that's the reason I got it. She was very good to me too. But she also pointed out, you know, Yunessa, you have lists made. I had like folders for both of them. Like I had everything done. So she she didn't really have that much to do. But it was she was amazing in the birth, though. So she was doing everything that Adula would do, holding space. So she really came on like when I went to the hospital. So um, on the lead up, probably not so much. But in the moment, she absolutely was very, very important in holding space for Morris and I and um, the buffer between the system and, yeah. and the family. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I finished work at 38 weeks. I was still working for myself and part time working as a skin specialist with a naturopath. So I finished up that. But I could have stayed working like I just loved my job and loved my clients. But and then I took the last kind of week or more off and I just, because we live very near the beach here in Maroubra oh, and the east um, suburbs. So it's really beautiful. So I spent a lot of time there and just went to cafes and just read a book and journaled. And I just knew that this was going to be the last moment I had by myself. So I really, really soaked it up. Um, and then in the middle of it, my hypnobirthing coach rang me and said, um, so there's no pressure now. Um, because at this stage I was 40 plus two and she asked me would I do an interview live on tv here for hypnobirthing Australia and I was like oh yeah of course I'm like yeah <laughs> of course I will <laughs> yeah I was because I was like well what does this mean and she said look Kate, Kate um, Middleton has after coming out and saying she did hypnobirthing for her children and it's after like we're getting phone calls left right and center so channel nine want to interview us and she said I think you'd be perfect you know you know jump on the what TV or whatever and I, yeah yeah and I just said yeah cool whatever so she was like now we're nervous though because you have to drive to the north of Sydney in the car by yourself and I was like it'll be grand I said sure if my waters break it's not going to come out in the middle of the you know underground or whatever because I have to go through a tunnel so yeah I was like yeah cool so I did that and that was amazing because it spread the word usually around Australia about hypnobirthing and they got huge traction as I did and lots of people from Ireland that never even knew I was pregnant because I didn't tell many people were reaching out and lots of women were like oh, give me the contact and yeah so it was really really positive um so I did that at 30 40 and 2 and yeah my waters broke at home at 40 plus six. So Dr. Bliss was giving me 10 days over. But again, I was very, very adamant about having no interventions or, you know, I had no internals done all the way up. I had no, yeah, very little. I didn't do the, I didn't do the test for the um, diabetes. I did that myself. Um, and then they tried to say that I was diabetic and I just said, I want another week to test because it was only influx at one time, which was the morning. And I was eating really late and eating loads of sugar. So I said, I know why this is happening. And they were a bit kind of trying to put me in the bracket of um, gestational diabetes. And I wasn't comfortable with that because I knew what that would mean. So I said, you need to give me another week. I want to test myself again. And everything was fine. Okay. 
Yeah. So I really pushed for that because I knew what that would mean. And when I even did the tests and went into the um, midwife, because I was referred then to a dietitian, um, the midwife was like, don't bother doing that test. They're not even accurate. Every hospital has different levels. Right. Mm. Yeah. So I was like, okay, but I thought they wouldn't give me the home birth unless I did it. But I didn't want to take that drink. So I said, I will test myself at home. And I didn't do the swab for the, um, what's the test, the swab for the. Uh, It's not even coming to me. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, I I declined that as well. I just said, it's okay. What I'm going to do instead is take um, a particular uh, supplement, uh, probiotic to prevent it. And I know that you could have it one day and not the next. And again, that would affect and you'd have to be administer antibiotics and I don't even take Panadol. So I was like, no, thank you. I'm that's not happening. I'll take the chance. So what was your plan? Um, what was the birth plan? What had your consultant discussed? Were they going to were they saying yes, okay, to vaginal birth or what were yeah, they, yeah, So I had a plan vaginal breech birth. Yeah. So Dr. Bissis was supporting me with that. All the midwives were like, oh, like amazing about it. So they were basically their word for breech birth was you're going to dance your baby out. <sighs> Yeah, because you need to be upright. And Dr. Bissis was like, there's no back. There's no lying on your side. It is all on a birth stool. It is all standing. You need to work with gravity and get your baby down. And he was like, talk to your baby. He was very, very supportive. And he was like, why why do you want to breach birth, Nessa? And I just said, because I want to give my body the chance. That's why. I'm not going to say no without trying. Mm. And cesarean was like Z on the list from A to Z. Like I was not going there unless it was a last resort. That was my feeling um, because obviously I wanted to home birth. So it was never the, the plan to do a cesarean. So yeah, they were super supportive and very, they, he has done hundreds, if not thousands of breech births. So he was very comfortable with supporting me. Um, and he said, even if I'm not on call, I will be your doctor and I will come in. Yeah, so everything was just, and the girls, my my five ladies that were my midwives, like the only way I can describe them is that they're born for this job. They were just born to be midwives, to to be with women, as is as you know, is what midwife we, means. And they held so much space, and they were so proud of me to try this. You know, it. You know, most women say no, just cesarean. They said they're, you know, they're quite frightened to birth in that way and I'm not saying everybody feels that way but no my team were everything they were everything yeah so there was a lot going on in the background as well because unfortunately our friends lost their baby quite close to when we did so there was like seven people due together all working at Morris's um, construction company and we were the last two to go and unfortunately she was 40 plus I can't remember um, the exact time, but she lost her baby full term. Very close to when we did. So we were very shook near the end. So I requested a meeting with um, my midwife and my OB, which was Dr. Bissis. And just for a counselling session for Morris, I was really worried about him um, because he just came home pale as a ghost and was like, didn't want to tell me. And I knew there was something wrong. And yeah, it was really hard because you're feeling such joy and someone else has had such sorrow. And so that was a big thing that happened very close to the end. Um, 
And I just really wanted Morris to ask anything that he was worried about mm. because we were doing a breach vaginal birth. Our friends had just lost theirs and I needed him to be in a space to support me. Um, but also that we had to get into a space of like really kind of settling in that we had a massive journey ahead of us and we had to be strong as, as much as we were in grief for them. We had to get our baby here safely. So that was going on and my dad was sick as well back in Ireland and was having an operation the day that my went into labour. Um, he had skin cancer. So for me, near the end, I just had to switch off and compartmentalise things massively because I just, I couldn't hold space for anybody else yeah. but myself and my baby at that time. And I know that may come across selfish to anybody listening, um, but it was really my focus had to be my family at that time. And yeah, it was, there was much going on and the interview with, on TV was all happening all at once. But I, yeah, I just kind of, I guess, what do you do? You just switch on and survive. So when your waters went at 40 plus six, what was the, what did you do then? Did you, you obviously made a phone call or did you just jump straight in the car? Yeah, so because he was breached, they needed me to come in because they were they were a bit concerned that the placenta would, or not the placenta, excuse me, the umbilical cord can come out. But I mean, I checked and I didn't feel anything and my I didn't have a big gush of water or, or I didn't have a show. Um, it was just like this trickle on my leg and then I squatted and tried to push like I was okay. you know, going to the bathroom and more water came out onto the towel. So I knew then. So I and there was no mucoma and there was no kind of stench or anything like that. So I, I felt kind of confident. But anyway, I rang the midwife and she said, we need you to come in anyway. So I did. And I went in and they put the monitor on. The baby was fine. And she said, can I, you know, do you want to sweep? Do you want, do you want me to check you? I said, no, thank you. That's not happening. And um, I said, so everything's fine. And she said, yeah. She said, so we'll check you in. And I just said, well, everything's fine. And she said, yeah, but you're a breach. And I said, can you call Dr. Bissett? I said, because I want to leave. I haven't eaten dinner yet and everything's fine. So I want to go. And she said, well, we don't allow that. Like you're breaking, you know, that's not policy. So I said, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Um, so they, she rang Dr. Business and he came on the phone to me and he said, you know, why do you want to leave Nessa? And I explained. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And he said, you feel okay? I said, I feel fine. And the baby's fine? Well, yeah, they've monitored. So he said, you'll have to sign yourself out. I said, that's no problem. So I went downstairs, signed myself out. Um, Morris and I went across the road, had dinner and a drink. I didn't have a drink. He had one. Came home. I cut up all my watermelon, all my fruit, packaged it all. Hoovered, changed the bedclothes. And yeah, felt great. Fine. I was leaking a lot of fluid, but I just had pads in and I kept all the pads for them to check for mucoma and got back in and I was on the car on the way in and I said, okay, baby, let's do this. So I had two hours to get back in, to get back to the hospital. They gave me two hours and I was back in at nine o'clock, 10 to nine. Actually, I was there 10 minutes early and Morris parked the car and I walked up. I felt fine. I had no contractions, no pains. Um, I never got Braxton Hicks or anything like that either. And at half nine, after talking to the baby, I believe I just kept massaging it. Mm-hmm. Um, at half nine, my you had, you, you had done what you had kind of, you went home, you did what you needed to do, you prepared, and then you came in and were like, okay, yeah, time to go. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Just had a chat and said, okay, baby. And I think when you just go, ah, oh, you yeah. just surrender, I think your body knows and your baby knows. And it's like, right, let's go. Let's do this. And I was kind of laughing because Morris had the music up and we were like this in the car on the way. (laughs) And I was just like, this is it. Like, we're doing this. Like, it's just so exciting. And I I didn't feel any fear. I was just, I was very, very calm. And even Morris was saying, I could tell he was nervous because he was just like, right, this is happening. Right. Have I got my bag? Have I got my list? Have I got my (laughs) tick, tick, tick? And I was just like, it's fine, Morris. Just let's go with the flow. This is very early days. We haven't even got a contraction yet. So when I went in, I just said to him, um, I'm going to get undressed now. I'm going to get into my nitrous. I want to put my my earphones in. And it began at half nine. Um, I didn't ring my Dulla till one o'clock in the morning. I just said, you know, I don't want to get her out of bed. I just texted her and told her what was happening. And I just said, let's let's get it really started until we call and then we'll call her. Then they called back in my midwife. So I, at this stage, I was in the pre-labor ward only because I was breech. Um, so when I was called, they then took me down to the birth center. So, um, I wasn't allowed to have a water birth because of the breach either, which I had, um, was really, really wanted to, but again, it was just policy. So I didn't kind of go against it. I trusted Dr. Visit. So that's what happened. So from one o'clock on, um, that's when it really started to ramp. So, 
we set up the room down in the birth suite. We had the hypnobirthing tracks on it and my ball. They supply everything for you, but I had everything there. We had a huge bathroom with a shower, so I was in and out of that. Um, my, my main midwife that I loved, which was really holistic, wasn't there. But my another lovely midwife was. And she was just basically turned off the lights, left the room and left me there with Morris and the Jula. Um, and I just had the tracks on and I was just... I was just in heaven, to be honest, just the feeling of your body doing what it's doing and feeling very centered and supported by the doula. And she was, had me on the bed, on the ground, in the shower. And it went on, my labor was, it was 16, 17 hours um, in total. I didn't have any internals for quite a while until actually the midwife came on at 6 a.m. in the morning, which was my midwife, my 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 angel midwife, I call her. And when the minute she came into the room, I remember being like completely in the zone. I actually didn't speak at all unless someone spoke to me. I was just in the zone and it was just, yeah, unless they were giving me a drink or whatever. And from that time, I felt her in the room. She tapped me on the shoulder and um, she bent down and gave me a hug. She said, into my ear, I'm here, Nessa. And I just said, I just looked up and Maura said, that's the first thing you said in hours. And I just said, I'm so happy you're here. And she said, I was surprised for you. And she brought me in this big drinker with apple juice. And she said, this is a treat for you now to keep your sugars up. Because at this stage, I started vomiting. And the hormones started and the, the body started ramping up with the birth and the um, the contractions or the surges. Um, and I just felt calmer when she entered the room, the whole dynamic changed. But she just sat in the corner. She didn't even go near me. And she said, OK, it's been this time, Nessa. Would you mind if I did an internal? I just want to check your progress, see how you are. And she said, I know you didn't want one, but it's been hours. So let's have a look. And I, your sound is changing. Now, I had requested not to know dilation. I don't want to know numbers. I don't want to hear anything. You talk to the doula, you talk to Morris, and just keep me out of the loop unless it's something I really need to hear. So they were all across this. And anyway, she didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And I just stayed going. Um, and I was in the shower for like up to an hour at a time, like just sitting because I had back pain. So um, and I think it was because of the way he was lying. Um, so the water was amazing, even in the shower, to counteract that. So she checked again a few hours later um, and she called another midwife in because she said, I need to have someone else check Nessa. So what she said was she could feel the, the testicles hanging down. So his butt was plugged um, and um, she kind of sat with me and she said, how do you feel? And she said, do you feel any pressure? Do you feel like you need to poo or, you know, the things they ask you? And I just said, no, but I like I can feel that it's starting to ramp up. And she said, Nessie, you've been at the same dilation now for a long time. And it's 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 not it's not she didn't say it's not moving, but he's plugged like, it. you know, if you are not feeling like it's expanding or I didn't feel any need to push. Um, so she said, I'm going to leave you another while and I have to check again just to make sure. And at this stage with Breach, they had they had a monitor on me, but it was um, a mobile one. So you could walk around. And I had said I didn't want monitoring because I knew that it leads to a high level of cesarean. So I, I was I opted okay. for um, intermittent monitoring. 
yeah um just because I was just yeah I just I was just afraid that it would end in cesarean but it was different with breach so I was I was more open to it just to make sure he was safe but literally he never bleeped like his heart rate never went up he was very calm for a breech birth and I think it was down to the hypnobirthing just keeping everything so calm and I I knew that because my my birth coach had told me whatever you do stay make sure that you stay really calm that there's no flickers because the minute they see flickers they're like ah but I trusted the the midwives and I did say to the doctor the OB that if I let you do this monitoring you have to promise me promise me I said that you will not take me to cesarean unless it's the last resort unless the baby's in danger or I'm in danger please let me birth let me just let my body and me do the do the work and he said Nessa I will they just knew how much it meant to me and they were all on board and super supportive so when the second midwife came in she said yes it's definitely the testicles and it's plugged and um so they let it go again and she said, I'm going to call Dr. Visits Nessa. He wasn't on call and he came in and he sat down beside me and he said, Nessa, um, you're a champ. You've done so well for this length um, in what you've done. You said so calm. He said, but I really think you've birthed it nearly 17 hours now. You're exhausted at this stage. Like the vomiting was coming and coming and coming. And I... I couldn't stand at this stage now. And I was lying on my side on the bed and I had my leg lifted and the 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 fever was so severe, like I was fevering. And then I was like boiling. So I was like, throw the covers off, put the covers on. It was like this constant, like just sweating and then like shivering and um, which they said is can be a reaction to birth, which I um, knew, but I was so out of it at this stage. I didn't even... I didn't even realize it was happening. I was just staying. So like trying to stay calm and in meditation, but the vomiting was really bad. So I was getting very, very dehydrated because I couldn't keep anything down. So he came in and sat down beside him, me. And I knew when he came, I was like, okay. So he sat with me and he said, I will give you another two hours. If you want it, Nessa, I will. And he said, that will be nearly 18 19 hours that you've labored and he said for me I know what this means to you he said I know how hard you've tried Chauncey and everyone else has told me but he said Nessa I think it's time and I just froze and I was like what and it felt like the breach all over again having to surrender Mm. I was like oh god and I just said I need a moment so he said, of course, of course. So he left and the midwives left. And it was me and my Dola and Morris. And I, I just looked at them and I was like, what do I do? And I remember looking at Morris and he was like, it's up to you, Nessa. And I just said, no, just tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah, just tell me what to do. Both of you tell me what to do. And I knew that they couldn't. Like I knew uh, legally Mandy, my midwife, couldn't tell me that. Um, being a trainee doula, even though she had a lot of experience. And she just said, Nessa, I can't answer that question for you. But she said, I think, I think, you know. And I just in that moment, I went, okay. Okay. So I said, please get my midwife. So they brought the midwife in and 
she sat down by the bed and she held my hand and she just said, are you okay? And I just said, promise me you'll come in with me. And she was like, of course I will, of course I will. I just said, don't let me go in there alone. So, yeah. It was... really tough so the minute I made that decision I asked what the time was and they were like it's two o'clock and I was like two o'clock when and they were like the next day and I just couldn't believe that I was under a trance for that length of time it's just the power of hypnobirthing and the power of your mind I was like wow like this is just I couldn't believe I'd gone that length, even though they were saying 16 hours to me, you know, you're in under 18 hours. And I was just like, yeah, that didn't mean anything. But when I looked at the clock, I was like, God, I, it's like I was on a shenanic journey. Like, I, I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything. I was just, yeah, I was just under this complete spell of, I guess, laboring. It was just magnificent. So that happened really quick. It was lights, camera, action. They were everywhere. It was like 10 people in the room. They were like sticking, you know, the thing in my arm to get blood. And Morris was packing up all the bags. And it was like a movie being played in front of me. Like it was so fast that like everything just changed. I had to get up. I had to get into a gown. I was in the middle of full-blown contractions. And I was like squatting on the ground going don't touch me, leave me alone. And I just got down, like literally like hovered on the ground, breathing into my contraction. And I remember the guy that comes to take you on the bed down to the, to the, to the um, operating theater said to me, um, you're going to have to get up in the bed, ma'am. And I was like, you've obviously never had a contraction before. (laughs) And he just looked at me and I was just like, don't touch me um so I was like down on the ground in the middle of the hall in front of all the midwives like that midwives I didn't even know about I I didn't even care I was like who cares and I was just down and then eventually got up on the bed and said goodbye to Mandy because they wouldn't let my doula in I asked them and they said no um and yeah so I was very lucky Dr. Business was doing my um cesarean and I went in and yeah to me, at that point, I was just numb. It's the only way I can describe it. I was just numb. It was just all so fast and white and clinical and bright. And and even though they were very kind, everyone that was in there, they spoke to me very kindly. They had Chauncey, my midwife, had briefed them about what had gone on and et cetera. So I went into theatre and they were putting um, the epidural in my back and I just was weeping at the side of the bed. And I remember my midwife just holding my face Mm. and they tried to put it in and I was in the middle of a contraction and I just turned around and I said, no. And I got down on the ground and they were kind of saying, you know, to me, uh, sorry, like we have a schedule. And I just was like, I don't care. I just got down in the ground and Chauncey was kind of smiling at me going, you know, good girl. (laughs) You know, um, and she held my face as the tears ran down my face while that needle was going in my back. And I just, I know that lots of people opt opt for cesareans. I get it. Like I, I never, there's no judgment from anyone that chooses any type of outcome of a birth. But for me, like I just was in, yeah, I was scared. I was really scared of getting that in my back and, and losing control and 
not feeling those contractions anymore, letting that go, letting that go. Um, so I lay back and obviously the feeling went in my body and the cesarean went really, really well. Uh, I could hear Dr. Bissett saying, don't, don't bring him out that way, turn him. So whatever way he got him out, he was huge. He was like 57 centimeters long and he was, um, I think he was like, what was he? He was three eight, but I don't know what that is at home in pounds because I can use as that conversion. But he was quite, he was quite a good size, and he was quite long. He was very dangly. Um, so he um, brought him out, and they let Morris back in at that stage, um, right before. So he was holding my face while this was all happening, while the tarp was up, and they they took him not straight onto my chest. They just, uh, Chauncey said to me, don't worry about anything. I'm going to be here and I'll have the baby. So she took the baby and she was talking to me while he was over just with his lungs coming out cesarean. They wanted to clear his lungs. Um, and he was gorgeous born because he was like a frog. So his legs were in the air. I was going to ask. Like yeah. up around his yes. So they were up here and he was just like flopping with these, with these <laughs> legs up there. So they were calling him a frog baby. So it was very cute. Um, and yeah, they brought him over to my chest and I just remember Mara saying, you know, I don't think I've ever loved you as much, like in that moment in my ear. And I just saw him and I was like, like, he's here, but I was still so numb. Like it was beautiful, but not that instant. Oh my God, I love my baby. I was just lying there in the theater going, what just happened? That, that was my feeling. Um, so they sewed me up and everything went fine. I had no blood loss. I had no issues, really. My recovery was just textbook good. I was up the next day. I was straight on to my homeopathic drops and I um, did placenta encapsulation. So I drank a raw, my raw placenta in a smoothie. I did that literally two hours yeah, after my birth. So I drank that. Um, and I had the capsules made and they, I was on them on day three. But in the recovery ward, they took me there before. Um, Morris took um, Luke straight away onto his chest for skin to skin while I was taken to recovery. Um, and my midwife came with me and were, they were doing all the paperwork and checking my blood pressure and all that kind of thing. And everything was fine. But in there, I had a breakdown. I was just like, well, I would call it a breakdown. <laughs> um, I just said, you know, my body has failed me. Like what? Like I've. I've just had a cesarean like this is like it was meant to be home birth and I was saying all of these things out loud to her and she just said Nessa I, I don't accept that from you she said you were phenomenal in your birth and you know you you were a champ that's what she kept saying what Dr. Visit said and she said you were it was amazing to watch you birth the way you did and she said you had two births Nessa mm. that's what you had and I in that moment, I felt so held and, you know, the space was just there to, to, I felt so safe to tell her. And she changed my life in that moment because she 360 my thoughts about myself. And I mean, I lost it in that moment and I was crying really deeply at that time. And she hugged me and held me and she just said, Nessa, no, she said, you didn't fail. She said, you're, you know, she just, she was just what I needed. Yeah, that, that guardian angel midwife. And yeah, they took me back to my room and Luke, she brought Luke into me and I let him latch straight away and it, he took straight away. Um, 
I went back to my room. We got a private room, which I was so lucky. So Morris stayed with me for three or four nights. And we oh, just, great. yeah, we just were in La La Land with, with this new baby. And um, breastfeeding was what I would say, I had a great journey with it. My milk didn't come in until the day after, which is very quick for a cesarean. Um, but I, I do put it down to the homeopathic drops. I literally went on them the minute I got back to the room. I was on Arnica, um, internal Arnica and a couple of other things that she had given me for recovery um, and for um, just uh, bringing the body down. So she gave me one for kind of my nervous system. And I just think that that really helped. And just getting back into my space and Morris had all my rooms set up with my crystals and sprays and journal and books and candles and he had it all. It was just lovely. I had my own pillow and my blanket and everything was there for me. Um, so I had great help from the midwives breastfeeding. They're very, very pro breastfeeding here. It's a big deal. They're nearly probably not too much that way because if you then don't breastfeed, it's like... Yeah. Um, but I, I personally, my milk came in, which was great. Um, but that night he was wailing with the hunger. Like, I mean, I couldn't stop him crying. And this gorgeous, um, older midwife, like in her sixties that does three shifts a week. She's gorgeous. And her, her three sons were obstetricians as well as her husband. Oh my God. And she was a midwife, like amazing. So this lady had like the most, beautiful energy and she reminded me so much of my grandmother oh. like when she came into the room she came straight to me and she said oh I love your crystal and we just connected really really well and she said Nessa I think you need to feed your baby so I'm going to get you some formula because you're not going to sleep your baby needs to eat your milk hasn't come in and it's okay so I had goat's milk formula because we don't eat dairy so I gave him Holly formula. I don't know if they sell that in Ireland, but it's a really good formula. Um, I think it's a Swedish formula, but it's organic. So it's it's um, it's a really great formula. Uh, they do a cow's milk version as well. So I I had that and I gave it him. I cup fed him. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, so he wouldn't get nipple confusion. Um, so I cup fed him and he slept for four hours straight. And I mean, he sogged it. He was so hungry. Um, I slept with him that night on my chest, even though the younger midwives were like, you can't sleep with him on your chest. You need to put him in his bassinet. I just put the sides up. I I literally was practically naked in the bed every time someone walked in. Um, but I didn't care. I was just like, I have to do as much skin to skin as possible for you know all the reasons that we do that. Um, and the next day I woke up and I was never so happy to see my boobs like watermelons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was such an achievement. And I was like, yes, it's in. Um, so then I actually have, I had to use nipple shields because I have slightly inverted, one slightly inverted nipple. So I was using those and they were like, you know, you can't stay using them. And I'm like, whatever, like whatever makes things easier. So he took to it like a duck to water, just had to get the positioning right and the latch right. And they had a support person in the hospital that you went to a class every at 11 o'clock and two o'clock every day. And you sat with other mothers and you breastfed with them and she would come hold your baby, position your baby and put it on the breast for you and sit with you and talk to you. So we had that support system within in with um, in the system here. Um, so that was amazing. So I stayed four days, even though I could have gone after day two, but I didn't want to leave until I had breastfeeding on point. And that's the reason I stayed because I really wanted to be successful. And I knew that the cesarean would affect it. So, um, no, we left on day four. 
And yeah, it was bliss. Um, he was a great little sleeper from the beginning. He was a very calm baby. There were, Dr. Wiss was actually laughing. He was like, now look at all your Reiki and all your meditation and hypnobirthing did. The child is like a Buddha. Um, <laughs> laughing at him. Um, so yeah, um, we we didn't have any check. We had one checkup leaving, but they wanted to check him because he was breached. They, they bring you back on week six to do um, a hip check for hip dysplasia. Okay. But he was fine. He had nothing wrong. Um, I had him at an, an osteo at six weeks to have him checked as well. And she was like, he's great. He's fine. So how did you After feel physically? Because obviously you went through a very long labour and then the cesareans. Yeah. 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 So for me, the next day I was I was good. I had my beautiful shower, which everybody talks about. Um, I wasn't that hungry or anything, but I, I, I Morris got me a sandwich and stuff. I always hear about your podcast and the toast. I always have to laugh, laugh at the toast and the tea. Um, but I didn't have anything like that. I actually had a salad. I was just wanted a salad with like dressing and chicken and so I had a salad and I I was eating fine and I as I said I drank that huge placenta smoothie so that was really filling it was full of berries and she put like lots of different portions and lotions into it she also was a naturopath um so yeah I had I had that so I was food wise I was good eating physically again I was tender but I was fine I, I didn't find it that that difficult. But at, when I got home, um, before I even had my my um, cesarean, two weeks after I had Luke, a lo- lockdown happened. So there was no visitors, nothing like that happened. But I had briefed everyone close to me that I wasn't going to have visitors for up to eight weeks. How did that go? Um, um, yeah, some people were like, huh? Like, why? And for me, it was about Morris having three weeks to himself before he had to go back to work to bond. It was for me, I just am not the kind of person that puts myself out of my way for people, not rudely, but I I really just wanted it to be us and our family and for me to connect and not have to like make tea. And I know like people wouldn't expect that here because it's not as like, oh, calling in for tea like Ireland. It's, Australia isn't like that. And I didn't have family here. We're here by ourselves. So we didn't have anyone here anyway. Um, but I just, it was just important to me not to have to entertain people or get dressed. I literally sat for three weeks with Morris watching Netflix till one o'clock at night, staring at her baby, um, just eating, drinking and having fun and enjoying and soaking up that time. So I didn't have anyone. So I lay for three weeks. I recovered really well because I literally didn't do anything short walks with the baby but I didn't put myself under pressure I knew that it was really really important to let my body knit yeah and psychologically or mentally I was great after the birth I didn't have that big baby blue five day you know kind of thing that girl women go through I didn't really feel any of that I just felt great I really did and I just loved him. I was, I didn't have the initial love, but I definitely fell in love with him the more I had him by myself at home in my house. So Morris went back after three weeks and yeah, I was nervous, but I was fine. I just loved breastfeeding. Like, and he was just a feeder. Like it was constant feeding of just like cluster feeding. And I was up during the night so many times every two hours, but just sitting there in the dark, I don't know, there was something kind of peaceful about yeah, it. I yeah, just, I feel the same. 
loved it. And I was reading a book while I was breastfeeding or I was, you know, listening to a podcast. You know, I listened to lots of podcasts the whole way before my birth and during my birth. Um, so after that time, I then was, I remember one day, probably at the four month mark, my mom couldn't come because of the coronavirus. And I was like, that hit me a bit. And I didn't expect that, but it was hard because I was kind of banking on her to come at that eight kind of, kind of three or four month mark and she couldn't come. And yeah, I, I was listening to a podcast one day and I was walking by the beach and, um, this beautiful podcast in Australia, this amazing lady called um, One Woke Mama. And she talked about her first birth being a cesarean and how she grieved a vaginal birth. And I don't know what the words did, but I just had to sit down (laughs) because those words were like, oh my God, I didn't have a vaginal birth. And I don't know, like I hadn't thought about it mm. since my birth. And yeah, I kind of, that really, I don't know, it moved something in me and I started to change. My mood started to change and yeah, I just, I got, I, I don't know, I started processing my birth. I started remembering everything. It's like it triggered something in me. Yeah. Um. So at the kind of six month mark, my breastfeeding started to slow down. I introduced one bottle for Morris to feed him in the evenings when he got back from work so I could go exercise by myself. And I don't know, I felt a hormonal switch when I stopped breastfeeding mm. at 10 months. He kind of self-weaned, if I'm honest. And I got my period back at seven months and I, something just clicked in me and I started getting a lot of postpartum rage. And it wasn't depression. I didn't feel low or, you know, anything like that, that kind of feeling that I've heard described by other women. This was the opposite. This was like deep anger to the point like I could feel fire from my feet rising through my body. (laughs) Um, And I would have to walk out of the room at the sound of his cries because I was starting to get triggered with like (gasps) in my body. And I was like, Oh my God, what is wrong with you? It's a baby. Like, and you have all this guilt and shame and you have like these feelings of not like, I never wanted to hurt my baby or nothing like that. It was more, I had this built up in my body feeling this way. And I never told anyone, I never said anything to anyone. I was like, you know, Nessa, you're a therapist, you're a wellness coach, you deal with all of this kind of stuff, you're, you get on with it, you'll be fine kind of thing. And I was, you know, I was hard on myself. And I got to a point where I couldn't do it anymore. And I went and I reached out to a, a counsellor and I spoke about my birth and I, yeah, she said, Nessie, you've got PTSD. Mm. Yeah. And I just said, okay, well, that's, at least it's I know what it is <laughs> and um we did a good few sessions and I just yeah I think the grief it was the grief of the birth the, the constant surrendering the letting go of the control of what I thought it would look like and yeah I just felt there was just so many life lessons before he even got here mm. yeah and then the cesarean to have to re-surrender again and let that birth go um And I was so open to doing that. I knew that like I had to get the baby here safely and like all of that. But it's still the woman is left behind. Like what the woman 
had planned or foreseen or you know I feel like we're left behind it's like the baby comes and the woman's like yeah you're grand like you've just run two marathons and had a cesarean you know get over it the baby's here oh look how cute it is and you know for me I just I struggled with the identity loss I I just missed my life I missed Nessa I missed who I was I had no idea who I was it was just all gone and I'm I'm still building it to this day I'm still finding who I am in that and you know, I, I decided to go and study hypnobirthing myself. So I've actually qualified as a hypnobirthing coach and I'm a birth educator now and I want to work with women because, yeah, that training really helped me heal because I had to write a blog um, for my training and I wrote two, um, one about the power of vaginal birth. So I wrote, I wrote about the ejection reflex because I think it's the most powerful thing in the body that we can literally um, you know, eject our body, our babies, like it's amazing. And I wrote another one on grieving a vaginal birth, telling my story to help other women that, you know, that it's absolutely fine to feel this way. And it's a very natural, normal process that so, so much of birth we have to surrender to. Um, so yeah, I, I did that training because I'm really, really passionate about birth and women and, solidarity and of us sharing our stories and your platform but also that every birth outcome is sacred and I see that now and I completely own my birth and the tears that I cried earlier were just bringing it all up again but with every person I share this with I gain healing Mm. and every person's ear that this will touch I hope that it brings the same to them as well um because that's what we do. We're really powerful women. Um, these stories have to be told. But yeah, it's yeah one of the most expansive experiences. Mm-hmm. Birth. Thank you, Nessa. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You are more than welcome to share your story if you'd like to. So simply pop me an email over at irelandsbirthstories.ie or you can get in touch on the Instagram page. I'm quick at responding to emails and I am on, on Instagram. So yeah, you're more than welcome to share your story. Just get in touch and I will chat to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 